Okay, so it's been a long time since I've done this, and when you're if you're if you're checking this out, uh, first of all, let me apologize. My camera is over here. My screen is here, so I have to look here. But I'm going to try to look here every once in a while. Just forgive the awkwardness. I I was explaining to uh, my guest, who is a very dear friend, John Russell. I'll bring him in in a minute. Uh, that I I can't be in my studio right now because if you've heard of radon gas, do you know what that is? It's a radioactive gas that the Earth naturally emits. It just seeps up from the soil. It's not everywhere in the country, but in the Northeast where I am, it's pretty uh, aggressive. And I have a mitigation system in my basement where the studio is. And that mitigation system uh, is supposed to take care of it. Well, for some reason, the numbers are elevated, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to mess around with this. So I've temporarily set up a little studio in my office. You can see my, where is it? My uh, Mystery Science Theater poster or, or wall hanging right there. If you if you saw over here, which the camera won't show you right now, I've got a giant uh, vinyl LP. It's a it's a decorative LP of Frank Sinatra. Um, so it, this is my this is kind of my 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 escape from reality. I come in here. I've got uh, Monty Python figurines over here. Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd. Okay, and I've got stuff all over the place. Plus the lighting's weird. The camera angle's weird. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me on all of that. Because one of the things that I'm excited about is that this project that most of you are already aware of, if you're following this channel, is well underway, Paranormal Reality TV. In addition to doing the live investigations that we've got scheduled, and we've got another one coming up in a few weeks, in addition to that, which is a real cornerstone of the project, I'm also going to reinvigorate and start um, doing interviews again, uh, the Beyond Reality Radio interviews that I used to do with great people like John Russell and others that I've had on the program. I'll be doing those once a week or so on this channel. Rebecca Foster and Britt Griffith, my partners in this Paranormal Reality TV venture, will be doing Doing other things. Rebecca obviously doing uh, gallery readings on the channel. Uh, Britt will be doing some tech talks and some other things on the channel. But all in all, it's a lot of great content, a lot of great programming. Uh, and all you need to do is follow. There's no fee or charge or anything to follow the channels. We do appreciate subscriptions. You can subscribe on the Twitch channel. That's really easy to do. And in fact, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free. It doesn't cost you anything, but it gives us some credit. And uh, just going through the subscription process, you'll see how to do that to link your Amazon Prime account. Now, if you do that, if you do that for us, which is terrific, uh, you got to do it every month because it only lasts for a month and you got to re-up it. But again, it's no cost to you. Um, one thing I will say that if you do uh, join us for one of the live investigations, one of the neat things we're going to be doing with the live investigations is we're going to allow our chat room to guide us, to direct us. If uh, if you witnessed or watched the first one we did a couple weeks ago, you'll know that the chat room was catching things on our cameras and in the audio that we didn't see in real time. So you guys were able to point us in directions that we wouldn't have caught otherwise to help with the investigation. That's what makes it really unique. So not only are we doing it live, but the chat room actually influences and guides the investigation. Let's see, is there anything else I need to talk about before I get to the meat and potatoes of what we're doing here? Um, no, I guess that's it. So again, appreciate the support. Thanks for being here today. I'm also curious as to what you think about midday. It's kind of like day drinking, you know? I don't normally do interviews, or I haven't during the day. Usually they're nighttime, sometimes late at night interviews. It's usually dark. 
It's not dark right now, so it's kind of like day drinking. We're doing a day interview. And I know my good friend John Russell knows what that's all about. What do you think, John? Interviews during the day, is that any different than interviews during the night? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You know, day drinking is a beautiful (laughs) thing. Uh, JV, it's so good to be here with you, my friend. It's been a long time. I tell you, for me, um, interviews during the day aren't any different uh, at night. Uh, the older I get, I turned 69 this month, for Christ's sake. Oh, wow. And, uh, the, yeah, the older I get, I kind of prefer the day interviews. I think, you know, <laughs> come late at night, I'm, I'm ready to be zonked out, and uh, and that's it. So, uh, But as far as the energy, actual energy goes, for me, there's no difference between day interviews or, or night interviews. Well, you know, you, you, you kind of hit a nerve with me here. I found that I got out of the routine of doing the midnight to 2 a.m. show, which I did with Jason Haas right. for so many years. And then I backed yep. it up, and I was doing 10 o'clock interviews, and I was doing 9 o'clock interviews. And then when I, I took a break from the interviews, now at 9 o'clock rolls around, I can't keep my eyes open, John. I don't know yeah, if I'm just yeah. out of practice or if it get, you know, if it's the age thing creeping up. I don't know what it is, but, man. Probably I, uh, both. Yeah. Probably both. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're right about that. I tell um, you what kills me. Is when I have to be on coast to coast AM and oh, I back yeah. what I call the cleanup. <laughs> so I have to get up at 2 a.m., get awake, and then go on the air at 3 a.m. for two hours. <laughs> that's, that's, oh man, that's that's the worst. <laughs> that has got to be a ch- I mean, I, I, you know, I, what a great program. It's so it's well, well worth the effort to do that. However, man, I, with the way I struggle with 10 p.m. now, I can't. I, you have to go to bed first and then get up, right? It's the only way that you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I remember. Okay. I remember when we used to do the uh, the interviews at 11. Yeah. And uh, it was like, oh man, <laughs> it started started wearing only a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah it catches so this, up. This is good. We're both wide awake, and we uh, are. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very different... I mean, I, I could take a nap. I'm not going to lie. I could go take a nap. Oh, we could. We could. <laughs> but, hey, I need to ask you something. And as it relates to what we're talking about, because I did actually have it on my list, because I was, you know, once I always refresh myself with, with what you're up to. I check out websites and stuff. Whoever I'm going right. to interview, just to make sure I know what's going on. And one of the things that you talk about on your website is you've been doing this for a while. Since you were five years old, you've had, you know, the, the you've recognized your, your sensitivities and your abilities. Right. Does it change over time john particularly as as somebody gets older i know with myself my eyesight isn't what it used to be my ears aren't quite what they used to be what happens to psychic sensitivities as you age do they get more refined do you learn how to use them better well i can't speak for everybody but for myself the gift is stronger and more accurate and clearer than it's ever been in my entire life so that's been one benefit for me as i've aged and as of course as my body uh, betrays me and slows down and has problems. But the psychic gift itself is better than ever, more accurate than ever, stronger than ever. Uh, I just don't have the physicality to do the readings that I used to when I was younger. I would do many readings in a day, every day, and it uh, didn't tire me out, uh, especially not psychically. If anything, it kind of refreshed me or invigorated me, reinvigorated me. 
but uh, now physically it wears on me. Not psychically, but physically it wears on me. I have a, a ton of health issues to deal with. And of course, you know, the advancing age. And uh, so as I get there, uh, now it's uh, it's a little bit harder physically to do what I need to do. So I still read for a worldwide clientele and I'm still booked anywhere from three to six months out, but I'm not able to handle as many readings in a day as I used to be. And, uh, you know, I've had to cut back on a, a few other things here and there, but Hey, still trucking, still going. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess the, the short answer there then is that physically you're, you've changed, but spiritually, yeah. not really the, the spiritual sensitivities better, if anything, right. Is that what you're saying? Better, yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it is those physical failings that that frustrate. I think all of us. I mean, we all get oh, to the man. point where we're yeah. just like, "Man, I used to be able to do this, and I used to be able to, That's you know, right. ten of these." But you know, I, I I guess there's no change in it. I mean, the, the alternative isn't any better, John. When we don't, we we can't be here at all. Well, that's it, right? It. exactly <laughs> right, exactly right. So we just we just have to deal with the cards that were dealt. We have to realize we live in these biomechanical machines that eventually wear out, slow down, break down, whatever. And uh, we, we just have to deal with that. And it seems that, uh, you know, Chuck Norris seems to be the exception to the rule, <laughs> but for us, for us mere mortals, you know, uh, I have to just, say, you know, I have to say that Betty White seemed to be for a while and Betty White, you yeah. know, we lost, I think we lost uh, her last year. Didn't we? Wasn't it last year that we, yeah, Betty White passed yeah. away, but she was near a hundred, right. or if not a hundred, something like that. Like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for most of us, we just, we have to face the fact that we do have to slow down, that we can't do as much as we could. Yeah. And I've known people that, uh, that never had health problems, never had health issues. were always genetically sound. Uh, really good athletes, really in great shape. And as they aged, uh, it's like, oh, wow, you know, what's happening to me here? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, now, of course, compared to you and me, they can still do a lot, but com compared to what they used to be able to do, they've had to slow down and realize, uh, you know, several restrictions on their bodies and they can't do what they used to could. So that's a fact of life. And I think uh, one of the things we have to do as we age and we're able to do less physically uh, then we can challenge ourselves to do more mentally and spiritually and emotionally and creatively, and uh, and work at it from that angle. That's what I've had to make the shift to. Is it like a? Is it like a? Uh, for a bat, lack of a better way to describe it, a seesaw, whereas one. I'm going to get on the screen here. As one, you know, set of sensitivities like hearing, uh, you know, eyes. If the, that goes down, the the psychic or the spiritual one comes up. Is it? Is it kind of like that? I don't know. You know, my, my gift has been so constant throughout my life. Uh, and my, my health issues have been there always. So I really don't know how to, uh, how to compare that to, to what anyone else may experience. But John, I've never stumped options, you. I've never stumped you ever. <laughs> <laughs> never. One of, the odd things, one of the odd things that I've noticed is that as I've gotten older, my hearing has gotten better. I've always had extremely wow. acute hearing, extremely sharp hearing, but now it's it's better than it's ever been, which is really odd. I do have some eyesight vision, uh, vision problems. I've got a cataract now that I have to uh, have to work on, but uh, the hearing's better than ever, and the eyesight's good, except for the cataract. Uh, you know, everything else is uh, is is pretty good, except I just physically 
can't do what I used to could do as yeah. far as hiking, riding the motorcycle, and exercising, and all those kind of things. So yeah, uh, Scooter, don't be telling people I have a gas issue. It's radon gas, Scooter. Be very specific <laughs> because people are going to think the wrong thing. Uh, hey, T- Tally Esports in our in my uh, in the Twitch chat says that f- time fears Chuck Norris, and I think he's absolutely right about that. Hey, you, yeah, you, you gotta, tell us what's going on with your book. I know that you um, you were in the middle of writing your third book. Um, and I know that you've, you've actually made some posts. You're looking for a little bit of help. Tell, tell me what's going on here and how we can help. Yeah. The, uh, I I put up a GoFundMe to help, uh, if people can donate towards the publication cost of the second book, uh, I've got about half of it funded already. Uh, the other books, everything was great. You know, I funded everything. Well, money was coming in hand over fist and like everybody else, I'm not immune to the slowdowns of the economy and the crises that we're all experiencing now that the economy in general is experiencing. So I am asking for some help uh, to fund the, uh, the publication of this book when I do get it finished. And that'll be for publication cost, marketing, editing, so on and so forth. So uh, that I am asking for help. And this book if, if, uh, was, was an effort to actually help people learn how to refine their psychic abilities, right? Yeah, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities is the title of the book. And uh, each chapter will take one paranormal technique, one psychic technique. For example, the first chapter deals in psychometry and it defines what psychometry is. And then it takes you by the hand and leads you step by step in how to learn it, how to practice it and get good at it. And then the real world application of that gift of psychometry. And it does that for 20 different spiritual psychic tools and techniques. And you don't have to know anything at all about anything. You don't have to have any experience, any special gifts. You don't need to have studied anything else. I'll take you by the hand, literally lead you step by step through how to learn each thing, define it for you, tell you what it is, how to learn it, how to practice it, and how to get good at it. And my my main purpose in writing this book, I had asked, um, had been asked by several people over the years uh, about how to learn this or practice that or any tips or uh, things that I had for them. And so I thought, you know, I need to do this. I need to get this out there to help people. And also I wanted to demystify things because people have dogma and tradition and ritual, and unless you do it this way, it's wrong. And I learned it this way, or there's gotta be this at the full moon wearing the color purple and da, 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 da. And I wanted to get away from all that because that really has nothing to do with anything. So with the publication of this book, and with the psychic paranormal tools and techniques in it, I demystified it. I simplified it. I made it to where you don't have to have any special tools or ingredients or stones or crystals or hard to find objects or items. Uh, just about everything in there you can do with items that you have in your household. Uh, you can, can learn everything very, very quickly, very easily without any rigmarole, without any special preparation, without having to wait till a certain time of the month or a certain phase of the moon or whatever. It's just cut and dried simple. It's like, this works. If you want to learn it, here it is, and then go practice it and get good at it. So that's the third book, and I think it's going to be really exciting for a lot of people. Yeah, it sounds it. Uh, And I remember when you were just starting it and we were talking about it, I thought it was a great idea then. What's your target? What are you you trying to raise uh, through GoFundMe that you need to, uh, you're looking for help on? 
if you know what I mean. Right now, for the rest of it, I'm looking at a, a total of two thousand. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's 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 yeah. modest. All right, that's great. Well, it's, I've, it's I've got the modest, yeah. I've got the link on the screen. Is there a place? A lot of people uh, have trouble like typing in whatever. Is there a place they can go uh, to just click on a link, John? Do you have that set up, or do they need to type this one in? Uh, they need to type that one in. I've okay. got a I've got a good thing set up. I've got. Um, I've got it also set up on uh, on one of my books pages, but unfortunately, I don't have that link available okay. right now. All right. Well, my for bad. now, yeah, but, for now, this uh, is the one. Like, yeah. I've I've left it on the screen quite a while. Uh, it's GoFund yeah. GoFund.me slash, and this is for the podcast listeners who won't see the video. Uh, GoFund.me slash five four a two nine. Is it is that right? Or am I missing a character there, John? No, you're right. You're okay, right. Fi- <laughs> let me start over. GoFund.me slash 54A29598. And, right. uh, yeah, great. So you can help John I appreciate out. anything anybody can give. And, listen, I understand most of the people I know are upside down right now. They're underwater. So if you can't uh, give anything at all, understand, just say a prayer. And yeah. I'd appreciate that. But, uh, you know, people think, oh, well, being a psychic, having all these gifts, you know, he's he's got to be okay and, and everything's got to be taken care of him for him. No, I have my life lessons like everybody else. I go through the down times like everybody else. I need help like everybody else. So this is just when JV and I were talking off the air before we started, I was telling him some of the things that my family's been through recently health-wise and financially, and it's put us underwater so uh, can use a little help right now in that direction. Yeah, well you're 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 not alone in that uh in that pool uh for sure John. A yeah. lot of people are struggling right now uh, and, and you know because covid hit everybody hard and trying to rebound from that yeah. has been a struggle and then now we've got another economic downturn affecting a lot of people. So it, you know, it, you're not alone and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people that can sympathize with what's going on. But let's talk let's talk a little bit about um you mentioned, you know, psychics, particularly you, not immune to this stuff. Um, right. You were telling me a story before we went on the air that made my jaw drop. And this is, this is the one about, and we've you and I have had conversations about the charlatans in our business, the folks yeah. who claim yeah. to have, you know, can 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 do whatever, you know, they, they give you all sorts of promises, you spend some money with them, they, they keep teasing you to bring back more money, yeah. but they're really not doing anything other than emptying your bank account. And you were telling me exactly. a story of, of a friend of yours that went through that, but let's talk about some of these, some, some of the ways you can identify these charlatans. Yeah. You know, over the years, JV, I have had to rescue, I can't tell you how many people from the clutches of these funny psychics. And they would call me and, and tell me uh, very embarrassed and very ashamed of what had happened to them and the amount of money that they had spent, been taken for. Uh, one instance, uh, one of the earliest ones I remember was $50,000. A good friend of mine recently, I believe it was $30,000, $20,000 $30,000. Uh, another person I knew was $75,000, $100,000. And then very recently, $120,000. And it just, it just my heart aches for these people because one of the things that people say when they hear these stories is, well, if they're that damn dumb and gullible, they deserve what they get. Well, the first example I gave you, the person that was down $50,000, they had three degrees, a bachelor's, a master's, and a PhD, and owned their own business. So not dumb. Uh, The other people that I know, 
uh, are, un are entrepreneurs on their own business, multiple degrees, highly educated, not dumb. Uh, the, the people that do this, the reason they're called con artists and con is short for confidence. Yep. And the reason they're called con artists is because they know exactly how to gain your confidence. That's right. And they know how to read me. They know how to read you. They know how to read everybody else out there. They know how to find your hot buttons, your weaknesses and play on those and make it sound rational, make it sound normal and so on and so forth. But, uh, the, one of the ways to spot a phony psychic is right off the bat, the way you can tell is if it works all of the time, it's fake. And a lot of people go see these, these phonies and these people will make apparent paranormal manifestations occur. And every time they go, something will happen. Something paranormal will occur. Well, what people don't understand is this is simple sleight of hand magic and stage magic and parlor magic that these right. guys are pulling off. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how it's done, it looks like a miracle, but it's just simple magic tricks. That's all it is. So if it works every time it's fake, God, how I wish, how I have gotten on my knees and cried and shook my fist at the heavens and, you know, for some stability and for some, you know, make this work every time or we need this to happen every time. And in the real paranormal world, it just doesn't, you can't make an appointment with a UFO. You can't guarantee a paranormal investigations results, so on and so on and so forth. So if it works every time it's fake. The second thing is look at, uh, does a person have a web page? Do they have media references? Do they have client testimonials you can check out? So on and so forth. That's another thing. And then another thing is here's the big time to run for X amount of dollars. I can bring back your cheating boyfriend and make him love you. I can get you that job you want. I can get rid of this curse and bad luck around you. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. No, they can't. Nobody can do that. Run because it's always going to be, there may be an initial offer of a $10 special reading. And from there, it's going to go into, oh, I see you've got this darkness around you. We have to combat that. Yep. And then it's like, I need a thousand dollars. Now that thousand dollars is not for me. It's for the spirits. I have to make them an offering and I'm going to set up a buffet with foods and, and crystals and liquor and things for them. It's for the spirits. It's not for me. And then from there, oh, that didn't work. I didn't have the spirits revealed to me that you have a really old, ancient, dangerous spirit after you. It's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of power to get rid of this. Now we need $5,000 mm -hmm. and then we need $10,000 and on and on and on and on. So those are some of the signs that you have to look for. And again, you know, don't be afraid to ask for references like myself, go to johnrussell.net. I've got media testimonials. I've got media appearances. I've got over in the past couple of years, I've done over 140 interviews, uh, including on all the big podcasts. Uh, I've got over 80 client testimonials that are there that you can check out. So always vet people, always check them out. And the main thing is, even after doing all of that, if you connect with them and you start working with them and you just feel off or the connection in there, you feel like something's wrong, chunk them and go down the road. And another thing to look for is how much are they charging you? You know, that's, that's the big thing is how much are they charging you? Even if it's not, you got to give me 5,000 to get rid of this curse just for the reading. How much are they charging you for the reading? I remember um, way back a long time ago when Sylvia Brown was alive. Uh, she charged at her height, $850. And 
And I had just by happenstance, which the other side led this, but they led several of her clients to me and I did readings for them and they told me that they had been to Sylvia Brown. And so I said, okay, after my reading, evaluate my reading. How was it? Oh, it was accurate. The insights were great. I believe the predictions are going to be right, so on and so forth. And they told me that the readings they had with her, they said, John, I don't know who she was reading for, but it darn sure wasn't me. And I said, you know, we would, I would make jokes with them about, boy, for 850 an hour, I should get the lottery numbers and a sexual favor, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we went on and on. And finally, this one lady that had been to her said, oh, honey, it's not eight, 850 an hour. And I said, well, yeah, I saw, saw on her website. She said, no, 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 honey, you, you don't understand. She says, it's 850 a reading. That reading may be 10 minutes. Oh, wow. She said, I think mine was 17. And she said, that's $850 for the reading, not for an hour. And that reading may go 10 minutes, may go 15 minutes, boom, you're gone, you're out the door, that's it. I was like, oh my God. So look at how much people are charging you. Look at the value you get. And then I talked to uh, a friend of mine I do a frequent podcast with. Talked to her the other day, was, was on her podcast. And she had a friend caught up in this nonsense. And the psychic was saying that to deal with this past trauma, she had not past life trauma, but just past trauma in her life, like a, a relationship with her parents or whatever it was that had caused her grief, that he had give, was given the timeline of a year. And at each uh, few months in that year that she would have to make a payment of, I can forget how many hundred dollars it was. And then another, that would take care of that portion of the grief. And then in another few months, another hundred dollars, and we would address that portion of the grief and so on and so on for a year. And that was only that one particular problem. And then to go beyond that and to other issues, then here we go with that cycle again. I said, tell her that's the biggest line of bullshit I've ever heard in my entire life. So, but that's, that's what's out there now. And people need to be aware of that. People need to be beware of that and, uh, and safeguard yourself. You know, I uh, I had an experience. You talk about you know con- the 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 origin of con man is confidence man, and somebody who, who gains your confidence and then ends up uh, abusing it. Um, and you said it's not it's not you know these people that, that this happens to aren't necessarily people that don't have the intelligence. Or, or the yep. education or whatever, that really makes no difference. And I, I'm going to admit right now, I, I have been taken advantage of that way. Um, I yeah. lost, and I don't even know if I should say it, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit to it. I lost several hundred thousand dollars. I lost several hundred thousand dollars to a, to a Ponzi scheme um, that yeah. my, my accountant uh, created. I had a Bernie Madoff, and <laughs> yeah. in, in you know, in my world, uh, very similar. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so yeah. it can happen to anybody. Uh, it can and, happen. And, to and John, I think a lot of what you're saying too boils down to the old adage that we all have heard: if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Yeah. Right? Too good to be true. Yeah. And the, if it sounds this, good to be true. It is. Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of applies here too. But um, I mean, I can't imagine you, you were throwing some numbers around. Can you? For any reason, see why somebody might need to spend fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars for a spiritual advisor in that regard. You know, doing readings. I mean, I just don't see how that kind of money never, comes into it. Never, right? I mean, it's insane. Ever. And it's like you know the healing work that I do. I do for free, and 
you know, the, the readings I have, my readings, I just raised my rates from 125 for a half hour to 150 for a half hour because I haven't raised them in forever. I'm underwater. Mm-hmm. I have to pay mm-hmm. taxes and all these business expenses, just like everybody else does. Yep. And I wasn't even keeping up with, with you know, the, the cost of living and everything else. So there's there's the price of that. And for that, you get one of the best readings you're going to get on the planet. Don't believe me? Go to my website, johnrussell.net, and look. Um, the... Uh, you know, there's, there's, if somebody could say and prove that if you came to them and gave them $50,000, that they would heal you of every disease you ever had, you wouldn't need glasses no more, they'd get rid of your cancer or your allergies or this, that, and the other, whatever, they would attract the dream job to you you wanted and make you prosperous so that into the future you would become a hundred thousand air, maybe even a millionaire or whatever. And they could demonstrate that they could actually do that. And they had a track record of doing that for people. Yeah. Charge 50 grand. Where is that person? That person ain't out there on this planet. Let me tell you now, it just ain't there. So I just, you know, it, it just breaks my heart when people get hornswoggled and when they get ripped off and when they lose their money and they lose their possessions, they get underwater because they've done all of these things. Now they're in danger of losing their car or their home or whatever, because they've lost all this money and they don't have money to pay for things now. So um, there's, there's no instance out there. And it's like with my clients, when I give them predictions for their future, or I give them advice for their future, that's all contained within the reading. There's no extra fees. There's no extra money. There's no, you got to call me back in two months. There's none of that nonsense. It's like, do this now, do this down the road, do this then, and then this will get you on the way. This will get you going if you practice it and you really do it. And then you holler back at me when you feel like you need me again. But, you know, anybody that tries to set you up on this, well, you got to pay now, you got to come back now, you got to do this regularly, blah, blah, blah. That's BS. That's nonsense. There's no reason for that. I want to talk, shift gears a little bit and talk about uh ghost hunting, paranormal investigating. I don't know if you have a lot of time to do that with everything else you've got going on and all the readings. You said you've got people, you know, scheduled out for months uh, because of the demand for your readings, which is terrific. Uh, Have you had much of a chance to get out and do any, any, you know, quote unquote, ghost hunting recently or paranormal investigating? You know, I haven't. And, uh, you know, I live with it every day. I mean, my my house is constantly full of paranormal activities. For me, me it's kind of like living with a, uh, you know, a ghost hunt. But uh, as far as formally doing that, I haven't had the time to do that in a while. And, uh, you know, again, with my health getting like it is now, it's increasingly difficult for me to get out and uh, kind of have to have special circumstances there for that. So I haven't been able to do that. Well, when you used to do it more actively, I'm curious because this Paranormal Reality TV uh, venture that I'm involved with now, this new project, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be doing quite a bit of it. And we're going to be doing it mostly live. But... Uh, I'm curious as to what types of places you used to like when you were more active in that uh, to go to. What what places did you like to investigate? I didn't have a preference. I liked every place. I liked old abandoned buildings. I liked asylums. I liked jails. I liked hospitals. I like. I did a haunted horse barn. I write about that in my second book, and Knock in the Attic, we did a haunted horse barn. That was really incredible. That was really fascinating. A lot of fun. We had uh, a lot of witnesses there with us that witnessed a ton of paranormal activity there. So I didn't have a, a favorite place. I just I just loved all places. And uh, when I did the uh, shot the pilot, TV pilot for the History Channel 
and we investigated the Lincoln assassination. That was pretty phenomenal because I got to go to Ford's Theater, got to go to the Mud House, Very got cool. to go to all these different places. And uh, the great thing about that, it was me and the film crew and the docents opened up and let us in and disappeared and there were no tourists there. We had the run of the place, every place we went to ourselves. And that was mind blowing. That was mind boggling. But uh, I love, you know, take me out in the woods unless ghost hunt. There's a ghost out there. It's like I love it everywhere. You know, one of the things that I'm often curious about, and people ask me these some of these questions myself, and I often offer my answers, but I'm curious as to your answers. Um, you know, we often look at certain places and think, okay, that place looks like it's haunted, or this place, right. you know, we, 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 we often ascribe <laughs> certain types of buildings as the likelihood of being haunted. But in reality, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm in a normal house right here, and, you know, there are people that have passed and away in this house. They've passed away yeah. all over the place. What, is there yeah. any formula, John, that you've come across that you can say, that kind of thing, that history, that certain amount of activity is going to lead to more likelihood of a haunting that we can investigate. Is there any, any formula? No, there's not. It's uh, And people ask me, they say, look, I cleared this land and I built a brand new house. How can it be haunted? Right. Well, one thing I would like people to do is go get the book, The Practice of the Wild. And in that book, the author talks about places that we assume that are remote, never inhabited, never traveled. And if you go back far enough in history, just about every place on this planet has been lived on, explored, whatever the people may have died out, they may have moved on or whatever, but just about every place on this planet has seen occupation. So that means people have lived there, they've died there, they've reproduced there, they've had wars there, they've been buried there, so on and so on and so forth. Uh, one of the examples I give about that here in Florida, we have a place called Matanzas Inlet. And it's a beautiful little place. There's restaurants and this little inlet and people are over there. I've seen people uh, spearfishing and snorkeling and laying on the sand on the other side of the bridge and the highway is the ocean. People are over there surfing and kite surfing and fishing and all this thing. Beautiful idyllic spot, right? And Matanzas means slaughter. And so on that spot, there's a historic marker. And on that spot of this beauty, there were all these soldiers that were murdered, that were slaughtered on that spot. Mm -hmm. You can look it up online, check it out. And so every place on this planet has this history, has this energy, has, has so on and so forth. And even if there were places that were sparse with human population, we still have to account for angelic manifestations, spirit guides, nature spirits, other spirits that we may not even be able to, to categorize that roam this earth or live on this earth. And so every place uh, is rife for spirit investigation. One of the clearest, sharpest EVPs I got was sitting in my home office, just, you know, just goofing around with my recorder saying, hey, is anybody here? Can you tell me your name? And it's one of the clearest, sharpest EVPs you'll ever hear. It's a class A. You don't have to have headphones or or have uh, run it through uh, any software to hear it. It's just crystal clear. So every place has that potential. The problem with paranormal investigation is, um, wow, I've heard of this hotspot. They just have all these things here going on, all these tremendous hauntings. And you get the team together and you go out there and you maybe, maybe even have a really good psychic and you've got all this equipment and you get nothing. It's yeah. like, well, everybody else has just been raving about this place. What happened? And it goes through these cycles. 
And uh, I'm convinced that there are times when I've used this analogy before. When I was a kid growing up, there was a guy when I was in my teens, we met this guy and he had uh, ham radio, shortwave radio. And on a good night, we could sit in West Texas and talk to somebody in England or Australia. Clear as a bell, sound yeah. like they were in the room with us. Yeah. And we'd talk 15, 20 minutes. And then the next night, he'd be hard pressed to raise somebody across town. So I think the spiritual realm is that way. I think that there are, are fluctuations in the energy fields that make it more or less desirable for communication and so on and so forth. And then I think sometimes the, uh, I, I had never heard this, never thought about this in all of my years of experience, been doing this for decades. And this, this uh, other podcast I was telling you about, the host that's a good friend of mine, we were talking, they did this paranormal investigation and they said they picked up on this ancient spirit in this place they were at. It was this abandoned farm or barn or something they were in. And there was this ancient spirit there that, that expressed that it was very old, very ancient. And it said that um, it, it wouldn't be very active in the cold. It doesn't like to be cold. And they said it would kind of almost go into hibernation or kind of withdrawal when the weather was cold. And I thought, how interesting. Yeah. Just like the Northeast when we lived in New York and the old lady looked at me and said, God, let's get out of this ice and snow and we'd go to Florida and get warm for a while. Maybe they do that in the spiritual realm too. Maybe if they're active here on this dimension, in this dimension, on this planet, and it gets cold, they don't like that cold. Maybe they bail out and go to Florida for a while or something. So there's all these variables that could be possible in paranormal investigations, but start where you're at and go where you feel led. That's, that's the best advice I can give you. I love that uh, analogy you just gave, and I don't think I've heard it before, talking about the shortwave radio or, or radio frequencies in general, where some yeah. nights, and as somebody who owned radio stations for a lot of years, I know that to be mm -hmm. very, very true, uh, even in yeah. regular old terrestrial radio, depending on atmospheric conditions, and there's a whole bunch of things, the, the actual ground itself as a conductor Absolutely. is an important factor in how radio waves, how far they travel and how they're received. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a really interesting point. I need to change topics here because we're going to run out of time before we run out of topics. And this is the curse, John, of, of our discussions. It always always, happens. always, always. I think this is our eighth interview together. We always run out of it. We do. So if, if, if you'd been paying attention to the headlines, I don't know, last, maybe a month ago now, my, my reference of time is a little off. You know, we had this, this little spat of, it started with a Chinese spy balloon. I'm going to use air oh, quotes, yeah. Chinese spy balloon. And then it turned into the U.S. military shooting a bunch of things out of the sky. I know you pay attention to what's going on in UFO circles, John. I know that yeah. um, you know, you're involved in that as well, in addition to uh, the other work that you do. Do we have anything that we should be uh, – are there any questions we should be asking as a result of what we know was going on a few weeks ago or a month ago? There's a lot, a lot of questions that we should be asking, and there's a lot that we should be demanding from our Congress, uh, from scientists, from the military. Um, we had, a, uh, there used to be uh, some friends of mine put on a podcast, and one of the things they would do uh, once a year was the big phone home. And that was, we've talked about that before, it was an homage to ET phone home. So the big phone home and they would have uh, UFO experts, ufologists from around the world on to discuss things and so on and so forth. 
one year they got Congressman Tim Burchett, or Tim Burchett, however you say his name, I think it's Burchett, and he was really forthcoming on that. And one of the things that um, he kind of verified was that the, the classified report that Congress got on the UFOs when they gave us that little nine-page unclassified report, whatever that was, he said, and others said that that read like a science fiction novel, but that they were under, you know, uh, oath not to, not to tell what was in it. And he made the statement at the time, which he has since uh, reiterated, stated again, that uh, people that would reveal these things would die by suicide by a couple of bullets to the back of the head. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a new UFO movie coming out next month. Uh, I believe that MUFON's doing it. It comes out April 18th. And it's supposedly, now, of course, they always tease us with this. It supposedly is going to have a little more stark information than, than before and so on and so forth. And I know Timber Shedd is in that again. He's in the trailer. And um, one of the things that people keep saying is that it's going to take a really brave whistleblower to come out and tell what the government knows about UFOs and about ETs. And again, uh, I think Burchette in the trailer, I believe, reiterated that, you know, suicide by bullets to the back of the head if you yeah. do. So, I, you know, it's going to get to the point that someone's going to have to say, I don't have a wife and kids. I got some steel balls. I don't care what happens. I'm going to go out here and tell the public what's going on. And I wish that that would happen. I wish that we would finally get that or that somebody somehow would force government's hand into this. I remember at the time of the big phone home, Tim Burchett said that with that uh, little nine page report that the government gave us, uh, the declassified UFO report several years ago now, he said that he believed at the time that they might've kind of made a mistake in doing that, that it kind of put a chink in the armor of everything they had closed up and gave the American public a, 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 an open door, a, a little crack in the door to push hard and to get through. But that was what he said. He said, if we don't start kicking ass and taking names, if we don't push this as hard as we can and demand the disclosure that within a few years time, the government would close everything back down, mend all those chinks in the armor, and he said, man, you think it's tight now? He said, there won't even be such thing as FOIA in the future. He said, we won't be able to get so much as a sneeze out of anybody down the road. And he said, we've got to push for this now. And one of the best ways, again, is writing your congressman. And interestingly, he said at the time, he said, look, we get, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of emails a day. He said, but the rarity is the handwritten letter. That's a novelty. So that gets attention. So he said, if you want to get your congressman's attention, go back to the handwritten letter and send it and demand some action. So I still think that's one of the best things we can do. I mean, how many times, how many presidents in the last, you know, 40 years have either gone into office or while they're campaigning said, uh, when I get in there, I'm going to release these files. And then they get in I'm there and all of, a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, nothing as though yeah. somebody got to them. Yeah. 
Well, you know, we, we have evidence, like Bruchette says, you know, suicide by bullets to the back of the head. We have evidence that there is the threat, uh, you know, for everyone. And, and I go back to the, uh, the woman I met, and we talked about this before on the year, the woman I met at the Roswell UFO Museum that was a, uh, an eyewitness to the crash. And long story short, and I write about that in my second book, A Knock in the Attic. And uh, long story short, I asked her, I said, my God, I said, why don't you come forward and, and talk to people about this? Have you been to conferences or have you had interviews of this and the other? And she said, no, because at the time that this occurred, she said, we had the military, we had people that were supposedly from Congress or whatever. We had people that we didn't know who they were. And they came around and told people that if you open up your mouth, do interviews, talk about this, whatever, you and your family's bones are going to be found out in the desert. Yeah. And so these threats against people wanting to reveal this information that they actually do have, the real information is credible. It is there. And it's, it's going to take like a different mindset, you know, maybe if, if the people of, of the U.S. just band together and say, hey, we got your backs, we'll protect you. We ain't going to let nothing happen to you. Come out and, and let, you know, tell us what you know. I don't know what it's going to take, but we're going to have to get there somehow. So specifically, if we just take a second and go back to these headlines that we saw over the past month or so, where the U.S. government yeah. was suddenly shooting things, that it, it says it didn't even know what they were out of the sky. That exactly. seems a little hard exactly. to believe that they didn't know what that they were shooting. Extremely hard to believe. Extremely hard to believe. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, a spate of this, it's like story after story of all of a sudden we're shooting things down. Before we haven't been, or if we have, they didn't say anything. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, hey, we're shooting this stuff down. We don't know what it is. Da, 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 da. Is this a way to kind of leak stuff to prepare us a little bit? Is it another piece of the puzzle? You know, it's um, it, it's really interesting. And uh, I, I think it just it amazes me that they can say that, well, this balloon drifted over. We didn't know it was there. Didn't know what it was, blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on, man. It's like, you know, you know how often I use my cell phone, what exactly. I buy online. You send me a monthly report, John, this is where you've traveled and every yep. single store I've been to is there, but you don't know what's flying through U.S. classified airspace. I mean, come on. It just, it just, it beggars the imagination. Yeah, something's not adding up there. We've got a couple yeah. more minutes. Before we went on, uh, before the, we started the program today, you said, have I, have we had the conversation about the magic rocks? And I pretended like I knew what the hell you were talking about, but we haven't had that conversation, John. You say magic rocks. I got to hear what's going on. What are we talking about? I have the, the first occurrence I had. This is, this is actually not the first occurrence, but one of the most dramatic occurrences I had when we moved into our new home here. Um, the, uh, the people that had done the landscaping previously had dumped like a gazillion, and I cannot overemphasize a gazillion rocks of all sizes in the flower beds, and that's ostensibly to keep the weeds from going. And it doesn't, of course, work very well, but I love rocks. So I was in all heaven. All the front flower beds had rocks. All the flower beds in the back were full of rocks. So I was like, this is great because I love rocks. So... Uh, I would get out there. I've got bird baths set up and I feed the birds and give the birds water and all this type of thing. And I love being outside and I would wander around and look at the rocks. And whenever a rock would catch my eye, I would bring it in. And I would look with my artist eye and photographer's eye at certain areas. And I knew what rocks were there, what rocks were not, what rocks I'd want to bring in, what rocks I'd leave. And so one day I went out and I looked in this particular area that I'd looked a jigging times before. And there was this weird, strange looking rock with a strange shape and a strange configuration and kind of an odd coloration that I knew was not there before. 
And I was like, wow, look at this. So I picked it up and I looked at it. I was just amazed, just astonished. So I bought it in, I put it on my desk. And over a period of a few days, it started to have this white bloom all over it, kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call it like a fungus or I don't know what it was, but the rock basically got covered in white. And I had never seen this happen to any rock, any crystal, any stone. I was like, well, what in the world is this? So very, very gently, I took like a nail file, an emery board, and just very, very gently, gently, gently rubbed on it and nothing came off. It was embedded in the rock, apparently coming from inside the rock outward and not able to be, and I washed it, it wouldn't wash off. And I was like, what in God's name is this? So as I kept an eye on the rock over a few days, some of the white began to disappear and some of it formed into patterns. And as I kept watching on it over a few days, faces began to emerge. I mean, with hair, eyes, nose, lips, profile, ears, everything, faces in various parts of the rock begin to emerge. And then that changed. And then there's a sigil that I developed many years ago that I drew up and that I used. This sigil appeared exactly as I drew it and used it in that rock in this white matter. And then that disappeared. And then my name, J-O-H-N, appeared in that white matter on the rock and is still there to this day. And all the other white stuff disappeared. Wow. So magic rock. <laughs> and so I begin to understand. Yeah. My kind of made my jaw drop too. Yeah. And no, I begin I, to understand I, that there are these intelligences and or energies or whatever within rocks. And so that's started to lead me down towards more of an investigation of this, more of an understanding of this and just more wonder and awe of this planet that we're on that contains all of these energies, all these intelligences, all of these powers and abilities, but for this rock to be able to identify with me, to me, and itself to me by producing this exact sigil that I had used for years and years and years, and to make that exude forth from within that rock and that white stuff and, and literally write itself out on the surface of the rock. That's mind blowing. That just that goes beyond mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you're taking it rather well here. I, I might, uh, I might be checking myself into some place, saying I, I saw something that can't possibly have happened. But in all seriousness, do you think that's an energy coming from the rock itself, or do you think there's some outside energy manipulating the rock? I think it may be a combination of both, uh, because as I've really started trying to investigate this and get into this more, it seems like that there is an inheritance inherent um, intelligence or energy or awareness or knowing or something that is within rocks, just like within trees. I mean, scientists have just recently told us that trees have memory yeah, and that they can remember events that have happened to them in their past and they can remember weather patterns and they can remember all these other things. So we've known for a long time that trees have intelligence. Um, you know, they'll recognize their own kind. They recognize a different species. Trees will send out chemicals through the roots underground, encouraging others of their species, sending signals to others, hey, this is my turf, stay away, all these types of things. So we've known that for a long time, but scientists have recently discovered that trees have memory and they remember events and they remember weather patterns and they remember years and things that have happened to them. So we have this knowledge that trees have this power and capability and intelligence. Now maybe we're beginning to understand that rocks also possess that. It's fascinating. Um, it Mary Grace it in our in our Twitch chat says, "Do you think it was an?" And I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not familiar with this word. I probably should be. But an, an aport, aport, 
a gift rock from the I sky? Think it was because it, yeah, I think it was because it appeared where there was, I knew it was not before I'd examined that area carefully and it wasn't there. And then all of a sudden it was. So, uh, and a, a port, yes, in that sense, I believe it was absolutely. Interesting. So, uh, we're out of time, John. Um, Oh man! I know, I know, but we'll do it again soon. Um, you know, yes, I love I love we getting will. together virtually like this with you and chatting. It's awesome. It's always great. Always it is. Great. A, it's a great time. But before I let you go, remind folks of uh, how they can help with the with the book. Uh, it's it, the book itself is done, right? You just want to get it to press. Is that right? No, it's it's about it's about halfway through. I'm still writing on it. Okay. But when I've got it about half funded, but when I finish it, I'm going to need that help with the rest of the funding. If anybody can help with that. And that's uh, 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities out now and available anywhere online, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, uh, Apple Books. My first book, uh, Writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead. My second book, A Knock in the Attic. Uh, both of those books have won international book awards now. And uh, very, very proud of the, the recognition those books are getting. So those are available now, and I, I highly recommend them. Hope everybody will pick those up and enjoy reading them. And uh, then if anybody wants to find out more about me, johnrussell.net. johnrussell.net. Now, the other thing, and I didn't warn you that I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, my new project, Paranormal Reality TV, will most likely be in Florida at some point, and I'm hoping you'll agree to join us whenever we get there and whatever place we end up investigating. I hope you'll agree to do that when the time comes. I would love to do that. Let's discuss that. I would love to do that. We'll uh, we'll dialogue about that off the air, and that sounds like something I would love to be involved in. Absolutely. Perfect. That's exactly yeah. the answer I was hoping for, John. <laughs> oh, and, and hey, uh, I, you know, you all you have good weather all year round. I don't know if you uh, if you uh, well, are thinking. Well, no, we have you know we have hurricanes, we have tornadoes, yeah. we have uh, you know it, it gets extremely hot. The humidity is unreal, and it does freeze here. It gets below freezing here. We've had temperatures in the twenties, and uh, so it. But most of the year, it's it's pretty fair. But uh, you know, if if it's going to be too hot when you come. Uh, I might have to pass. Yeah, well, <laughs> when I, I get over, I, well, I can't take the heat like I used to. <laughs> no, and I, and I, hey, I'm in upstate New York, which we get wild yeah. swings in weather. You know, it, it oh was, yeah, that's where we used to live. We we were in Cornwall. Oh yeah, so you know, yeah. um, you know, it was know. freezing the other yeah. day. It's warming up now, but in the summer it gets too hot for me. In the winter it's too cold for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm in that. Yep. I've become. Yep. I've gotten to that age where if it's not 68 degrees, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, exactly. If it's low, exactly. less, it's horrible. If it's uh, anyway, but um, have you got? Are you, you going to get a chance to enjoy uh, either your bike or going to go to any shows to check out some well, bike know, community? I don't I, know if you get on the bike unfortunately, anymore. Unfortunately, I've been so stove up. I haven't been able to get on the bike for a while now she's sitting out in the garage waiting yeah and i keep hoping for america to get me back on there but right now things are uh things are in flux so they're, they're kind of on hold right now all right john well hey uh thanks for being here today i when i when i reached I out to you about it. doing this i was i was really glad you were able to make the time for us uh johnrussell.net is the website and we look forward to the the book coming out as soon as you can get it out and we're going to have you back real soon so thanks for being here john Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much, JV. Thanks, everybody. All right. So I just want to remind folks that we're going to be uh, 
broadcasting live paranormal investigations. And again, forgive me that I'm not looking at the camera. It's just a weird setup. But uh, live paranormal investigations on Paranormal Reality TV, both our Twitch channel and our YouTube channel. Please follow both. Subscribe if you can. That's always helpful for us. And eventually, when things get busy enough on the Twitch channel in particular, um, if you're a subscriber, your chats are going to be more noticed. They're going to be highlighted, and we'll be able to see those. So when you're helping us direct the investigations, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to see your chat comments a lot more quickly and more obviously. But anyway, please do that. Uh, share the channel with friends. If you're a podcast listener, go to one of the platforms that I mentioned on Twitch. You just go there. It's twitch.tv slash TV. On YouTube, they've done something weird on YouTube that I'm still trying to get used to, but now the uh, handles all start with an at symbol. So it's youtube.com slash at TV. Follow, subscribe, do all those things. We appreciate you joining us in a mid-afternoon discussion with our good friend John Russell. Thanks for doing that. I think it's going to be a, a probably a, a regular thing that we'll be doing these in the afternoon because as you heard in the beginning of the conversation, um, it's just a little easier than trying to do the late night thing at this point. But <laughs> regardless, we appreciate you being here. Everybody have a great, great afternoon, and I look forward to seeing you all again really, really soon.